Thanks for checking out the Power Place audio podcast. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to empower you with His Spirit and His Word so that you can engage your world. Here at the Power Place, we believe the Bible from cover to cover. And our prayer is that as you listen, the absolute truth of God's Word would bring complete freedom to every area of your life. Amen, amen. Come on, how good is God? Won't He do it? Uh, it's, it's crazy to see what, what God has done um, already. And just by bringing the teachers into the house, uh, you know, we had those three teachers in the house. Uh, Emily was at Red Lion, Maddie was at TCA, and Taylor was at TCA. And so they were already, already doing, you know, teaching, and God had called them to this house uh, to teach in this house. And so I just, I love what God's doing. Uh, my name is Isaiah. I'm the executive pastor here at the Power Place. And uh, the Power Place exists to help you encounter his presence daily so that you can be empowered by his spirit and his word so that you can engage with your world. That's, that's what we stand on here at the Power Place. We, we, want, we want to empower you. Uh, this, this house is here to empower you. And the way that we're going to do that is by coming together corporately and then you going home and doing it daily yourself. You can get an encounter with the presence here. Yes, that's great. But you need to go home and get it there also. And when we come together uh, to worship corporately as a house, we come together and it's, it's for you and your daily encounter to bump into me and my daily encounter. If you don't have a daily encounter, my daily encounter bumps into your yuck. And that's why a lot of people walk in here and they're like, what's different about this place? Why do I feel this? It's because a lot of people that you're bumping into have had daily encounters with the Lord and what you're bumping into is something abnormal for you. And this is why I encourage you, daily encounters matter. When you bump into someone with a daily encounter that that is always encountering his presence, you notice something different. You're not the average person at the know, cash register where you say, how you doing? They're like, oh, I don't know. I'm all right. That's not you because you've had a daily encounter. When you have a daily encounter with the Lord, automatically you're put into a new spot and a new attitude on life. How you doing? Man, dude, I'm great. Well, your life doesn't look great. <laughs> I don't go by what I see or what I feel. I go by what I know, and the promises of God are true, and yes and amen. Yeah. Oh, haven't you seen the news? Don't you watch what's going on in the world? Well, yeah, but, but I don't go by what I see or what I feel. I, I go by what I know. And I know that God is and was and always will be. Does that make sense? So we step in. So when you daily encounter, we push this so much around here, and that's why one of our core values is obedience. Obedience is the key to life. And when I step into obedience, when I have a daily encounter with him, when I have a relationship with him, I'm obeying my, my call to be in his presence. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a process here. It's not just come in, give my life to God, and then go back to the way I was living, or go with the other method of religion and come in on a Sunday, get rid of my sin, live how I want, come in on a Sunday, get rid of my sin, go about how I want, come in on a Sunday, get rid of my sin, go about how I want, come in, get rid of my sin, go about how I want. Does it make sense? But this is, this is mentality of a lot of people. Even in 2022, even in the way that the world is, people are still living this way with leaving on a Monday for work, going right back to the same old. Well, I'm not that bad of a person. You gossiped all week. 
What are you talking about? You're going against the word of God. You are literally going back to the old ways on a Monday. It is to pull away from those things, away from the normality that you are used to and stepping into the call of God. How do I change from a Sunday to a Monday and never rotate who I am? Letting, letting Sunday be my week. Letting who I am be all consumed with who he is. And so we drive into this thing and that's why we push so many times around here, have daily encounters with the Lord because they matter. Because when, his, when you're in his presence, you see things in a way that other people don't see them. You see the chaos of the world as, hey, man, this is, this is revelation coming to life. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're just in the end days. It's okay. It's all good. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fear because I see things through God's eyes, not human eyes. See, if I were to look through my own eyes, I would see things in worry and panic and fear and probably go into anxious thought and depression and have to jump on pills or go to the doctor and get something prescribed because I'd be worried. But I don't look through those eyes. When we set up, when we set up ourselves for success, it's one medicine and one medicine only, the Holy Spirit, and that's all you need. And you're automatically set up. In John 14, 23, it says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Obedience is the key to life. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me, everybody say loves me. Anyone, say anyone. Anyone. Don't, don't, don't take yourself and remove yourself. Well, I'm not worthy of that. He says, anyone who loves me. So even though you've, you've been here and now you want to be here, anyone who chooses to love me, not, not, not determined by your past or the decisions that you've made, anyone who chooses now to love me. Some of you need to hear this. You need to hear this because you walked in here this morning defeated and you've, you've deleted yourself from the calling of God saying, I'm not worthy of that. He says, anyone, Jill, Jack, Jamie, Joe, doesn't, doesn't matter what your name is, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Not on a Sunday will obey my teaching. That means to me that's constant. Will obey. Not choosing when to obey, but will obey. How many of you parents love it when your children obey? It's a fantastic feeling. I love it when I don't have to talk over my children, but they listen to me. It feels good. When I ask to go brush your teeth, I hope that they go brush their teeth because I ask them to. And when they don't, it's frustrating. When I ask you to go make your bed, I, I want you to make your bed because I asked. And when you don't, it's frustrating. Do you understand? When I, when I ask something, I expect it to be done. 
All you have to do is obey me. If you will obey my teaching, anyone, nobody's exempt, nobody's deleted, everyone's allowed. If you will obey my teaching, my father will, will, not choose when, will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. Why does your home feel different? Because he lives here. Because he's welcome here. Because we don't just choose when we want him. We always allow him here. Because we're always being obedient. It's not a choice of when. It's, it's now. It's no, 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 no. When he speaks, our ears are tuned in. When he says, go brush our teeth. <laughs> Yo, we're running to brush it. Why? Because we're tuned in. It's that, it's that ear mentality. I've got that ear leaned in saying, Lord, I am listening to every word. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not distracted. My, my ears aren't distracted by everything else going on because how many of you know the chaos of the world is so loud? It's so loud. The chaos of the world is so loud. And the moment you leave your front door or the moment you leave your garage or the moment you drive your car out of your driveway, immediate chaos from the enemy. And when your ear's not tuned in, it's really easy to become distracted from moment go. And then you're pulling into your job site all frustrated. Oh, man, you're just, you're just weighty. I'm just weighty. Yeah, but where's your ear? Is your ear tuned into the Father or are you tuned out because of distraction? Take off the weight that so easily entangles you. That's scripture. Run the race. Take off the weight. Stop running with the weight. A lot of you are dragging around weight. And it's like, oh, man, this is really hard to run. Yeah, because you're holding weight. It's a lot harder to run when you're dragging things along with you. That's why it's a lot harder as a, a godly wife to have to drag along your sinful husband. Because it's hard. Don't, don't tell everybody this, but a lot of guys are stronger than a lot of women. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it, it's not, it's, I don't know. I thought about trying out for the, uh, the women's swim team because I've never won anything in my life and I really wanted to win. Um, but it's a lot harder to drag them and take them somewhere. No, 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 drop the weight. See, and it says, Scripture, it says that so easily entangles, because it does. It so easily wraps its tentacles around you and starts to suffocate you and drown you. It says, take that weight and get rid of it. And when you do, running the race becomes that much easier. And then, you, you know, you, you're looking at the, the running outfits and the shorts are getting shorter and shorter. You know, you're like, whoa, I got nothing on. This is great. You got a little tight tank top and you're out just running around and, oh, this is so great. I'm feeling good. Yeah, because you're finally free. And you got sneakers on that weigh 0.3 ounces. Why? Because you're running free. You know, you're not bound down by the things. To run in this outfit would be absolutely moronic. It would be a dumb choice to go out in dicky pants and a heavy T-shirt and flat shoes. That's just dumb. But a lot of us walk the Christian life like this. But you would look at me and say, you're an idiot for going and doing so. But yet a lot of us are missing scripture that says, take off the weight. 
Prepare for what I'm getting you ready for. I am calling you to a new era. And man, I want to go here. Oh, I cannot wait to go here this morning and show you the walkthrough that Moses walked through with Pharaoh. Because there are so many things that happen where, where, where Moses was talking and saying, hey, 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 you got you to do this, you got to do that. And there was so much fighting going on. And it's so amazing to me to see the weight that so easily entangles people that removes them from the blessing of God. And if we're going to cross over into a new era, which we already have, we're just waiting for you to cross over with us. I promised myself this morning, I said, I'm going to be nice. I said, it. I was like, I'm going to be nice today. I'm going to, because every time I watch myself back, I'm like, you got to be nicer. You know, niceness won't get us anywhere. But I do tell myself that. It's in good intentions. I have very good intentions. But I also don't want to leave you there. And see, here's the problem. Like, I love where Pastor Greg went last week. I mean, he spoke truth. He spoke some truth. But everything was laced with Bible. It's, it's not out of emotion. I think, I think a lot of times it's, it's like, you know, all you do is you get up there and you just tell us what to do. No, I just tell you what the word says and you get, you get convicted by the word. And that's the problem. This is the problem with the church of, of 2022 is that we get convicted by the word and it automatically turns into offense because we're offended because the word is true. And what we're doing is going against the word. So conviction of the word hurts. And so I'm just rather be offended and leave so I can go to a dumbed down church and actually come in 45 minutes later, roll. Does that make sense? And it's true. It's true. But, but the Bible is offensive. Because, well, let me repeat that. Let me, let me rephrase that. The Bible is offensive when you're going against it. It's actually really supportive when you're all for it. <laughs> That's a much better way to say it. The Bible offends me. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, you know what? You know what's also offensive? When you walk into a gym and they want you to lift the weights. <laughs> like, really? You, you, you want me to lift that? I sit on my couch and eat potato chips. I don't do that. Well, yeah, you're offended that people are stronger than you because you haven't put in the work to get there. You don't want to go to the gym because you don't look like a gym rat. You got a little belly and a little, you know, it is, it is what it is. Let's just call it what it is. Bag of chips tastes better than weights. It's hard to go to the gym and work out. It's easy to grab a bag of chips, especially if they come from Brent, the Frito-Lay guy. Stand up, Brent. This cat supplies chips for our church and our community. I appreciate you. Literally, he... So we supply, we supply chips now. It's such, such a funny thing. We have a chip ministry, okay? <laughs> he started donating chips to the church in such a way that we couldn't stock them to give them away enough that we started donating them to CACS, which is our uh, Kennett Area Community Service 
down here local and they'd give out food, whatever. And we show up the first time and we had like 18 boxes of chips that we couldn't go through, right? 18 boxes, bags for days. You know, like, it was nuts. We showed up and they just giggled. And they're like, mm, how'd you get so many chips? <laughs> and literally we all looked at each other like, we got a chip guy. And now they look forward to us coming because we can't keep up on distributing and we distribute chips at every ministry. Now, if you come to a ministry here, you're probably gonna see chips. And I love what God does, even in the small things. Ah, it's just chips. No, 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 you don't understand. Like, like understand, like even down to the, God takes care of every need. Every single need God takes care of. Well, he's never showed up for me. Well, are you following him? Like, you got to ask yourself some different questions because you got to stop looking down on yourself and saying, well, Lord never shows up for me. Well, I don't ever see him. Well, I can't ever feel him. Guys, his presence is so thick. It was here in Dream Team, and you could feel it drop. You could literally feel it drop. Dream Team, we get together with all of our Dream Teamers that come in to serve the house. Before service at 845, we come together and we worship and praise before we actually get the service started so that when they go to the kids' wing, they're filled up before they pour. You know, you have to be full to pour. My parents always told me this growing up. You know, we'd get into a little bad attitude and they're like, oh, your bucket must be empty because you're scooping into everybody else's. <laughs> I'm like, that offends me. <laughs> oh my gosh. They would say that to me all the time. And mostly Allie because, I mean, gosh. Oh. But, but that, that empty bucket mentality. And a lot of us in the church today are empty bucketers. We literally are going up to everybody else being like, I need a little bit of that. I need a little bit of that. And through you doing this, dipping into somebody else's bucket without them inviting you to dip in, you're actually being a nasty person. Why? Because you're empty. You got nothing to give. You can't give kindness when you got no kindness. You can't give love when you got no love to give. How do you fill your bucket? Look at your neighbor and say, how do I fill it? How do I fill it? There's only one way to fill it. Your man ain't going to do it. Your boy man ain't going to do it. Your girlfriend ain't going to do it. It's not going to happen. They don't fill you. They might supply a moment of happiness, but joy only comes from the Lord. And so when your happiness runs out because your one night ended, that's why drugs are temporary. It's a moment of freedom from the chaos of the world. When God is forever. He supplies joy. He supplies peace. He's the one who fills your bucket properly. And, 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 and why, why I'm here, a lot of you are hanging out with friends that are drilling holes in your bucket. You're hanging out with people that literally are tapping you out. We called them growing up sappers because all they did was come around and sap the daylights out of you. Oh man, I'm just a sapper. Well, I'm telling you, you ever get sap on your hands? You're like, oh, it's so annoying. No soap. If you have a special concoction, I'll take it. The pine tree sap. Oh my gosh. It's like, oh, everything's sticky. 
And I don't know about you, but I'm the guy like when I get done eating popcorn, I will sit there for an hour with my hand out just to not use it because it's disgusting. I don't want to go wash it yet. I just want to sit there with it out. And when it's sticky, it's like, this is gross. I can't, this is unusable. And a lot of your friends are literally poking holes in your bucket. And you're like, why am I always so empty? I mean, I go to church. I, I encounter the Lord. I just don't know why I'm so empty. Your friends are like, <laughs> they don't fill you. They suck the life right out of you. But on a Monday, it's right back to them. Because it's always been that way and it feels right, feels good. This is normal for me. But I've been friends with them for 35 years. How can I just drop that? I'm not asking you to drop it. I'm asking you to make it less. And then watch yourself grow. I have had friend after friend after friend that I have warned and said, be careful. The friends you're hanging out with are starting to rub off on you. And where are they today? They ain't serving Jesus. If I can be honest, they somewhat hate him. Because the friends you hang out with are framing your future whether you like it or not. And one Sunday morning service a week ain't going to fix it. We're entering a new era. And so who you hang out with matters. Let me rephrase that. We're in a new era. And so who you hang out with matters. You have to be strategic with who you hang out with. You have to be strategic with what you watch. You have to be strategic with what you read. You have to be strategic with what you listen to. You have to be strategic to the, li- the music you listen to. You have to be strategic with who you hang out with, friends-wise, family-wise. You have to be careful. I would consider this season, this new era, a guarding era, where you guard at every cost. Or are you saying that, that, that guns are good? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they're bad. So what are you saying, Zay? I'm saying guard at every cost. But it's what I've always done, then change it. But it's who I've always been, then change it. But what are they going to say? Probably a lot. (laughs) And they will probably spread rumors about you, taint your name, spread things that aren't true, destroy your name. But guess who they're not destroying your name to? The only one that matters. You don't understand. It doesn't matter. I don't know if you watched one of the reels we posted, but according to the one kid, I I got demons in me. (laughs) Demonic. Okay. Okay. They're going to run. They're going to chatter. They're going to let people know. Oh, you haven't been there. Have you? you haven't hung out with him? Have you seen what he did? He got rid of all of us at the same time. 
Remember in the old days when you used to come around all the time and now you don't no more? Yeah, don't hang out with him no more. He went over there and got religious. Oh, I thought church was about love. You can't hang out with us. You can't love us. Man, we're, we're, just, we're your old school boys. You can't be with us anymore. But we're family. I know. And you're holding me back. Guys, it's not easy. <laughs> I, no, nowhere in the word of God ever does it say it's easy. Nowhere in the word of God ever does it say this is going to be the best, best ever. Dandelions and, 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 and kangaroos are going to jump out of everyone. It's going to be fantastic. And I don't know if dandelions and kangaroos do it for you, but it did it for me. <laughs> I'm not really sure where that came from, but sure. It's great. But when I read the word of God, when I actually dive into the book and I start to read through the pages and I'm like, Whoa, it's not easy. It's not easy. Nowhere did he say, give your life to me and your life will be easy. He didn't say that. So why do we put that in there? I don't understand. Everybody thinks it's going to be like this magical wind that comes through and it's like, oh, my bills are paid for. My marriage is perfect. My kids are obedient finally. And I just got a brand new car. No, that's not how it works. He says, be obedient and watch me show up. Even in the mass chaos of the world, be obedient and watch me show up. Yes. Yes. And guess what? When trials come, this is your sword. No longer are you running around looking for. It's right here. You fight it with the word of God. You use scripture to back up the truth. It's one of our core values, truth. Absolute truth equals complete freedom. When I am completely true, I have complete freedom. It's not always easy. I, I remember growing up on the road, having, having moments where, you know, we were week to week uh, going church to church, doing ministry and all that stuff. And I remember the season where, where literally we ran out of services. We did, we, my dad couldn't book these two weeks. Couldn't book these two weeks on the road, and we didn't have food money. And then God's telling my mom to give away more money that we didn't have, and so they're giving away money out of obedience. And I remember that moment being on the road and God speaking to my dad as he was on his prayer walk saying, I want you to sit down, be quiet, and rest. But a lot of us would be like, oh, what are we going to, oh, what are we going to, God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I'm talking to you, listen. And there was a moment where it was like that. It was, it was hectic in the house. It was, what are we going to do? I don't know. Let's go to the Lord. Brilliant idea. But what do you do when you get in those moments? That's what Pastor Greg did, but he's got a, a, a goatee that's the Lord given. His food saved in there for whenever he is hungry. The Lord has blessed him with that. It's thick. It's gorgeous gray. Not dyed. Natural. So I understand you look at him, you're like, you're basically the face of Jesus. 
but what do I do with these scraggly few things that I got growing on my face? I understand. I get it. So what do you do when you get in those situations? How do you react? You go to the Lord. Same process. Same process. Daily encounters with the Lord matter for anyone. For anyone. Get in his presence and watch him show up. Exodus 5. I'm going to fly through this. Exodus 5, verse 1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. Pretty simple. Put it to him straight. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from working. The same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out. Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. <laughs> the church stands up. Let my people go. We're going to make it harder. All right, I see what you did there. Now I'm going to take away the straw. I want the same amount of bricks, but you're going to have to do harder work to get them made. You're going to have to go and find your own straw. Ooh, this is dangerous. Now, 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 now what's happened is they've caused an uproar. Does it sound like the 2022 church? You start saying something, you're going to have some attack. Oh, really? You want to act like that? You want to be like that? I mean, how many pastors got arrested uh, when they started opening up churches again? Why? Because it's an attack against the church. It's an attack against God's people. Then the slave drivers and the overseers went out and said to the people, this is, what the, this is what Pharaoh says, I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it. But your work will not be reduced at all. So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. The slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, complete the work required of you for each day, just as when you had straw. And Pharaoh's slave drivers beat the Israelite overseers they had appointed, demanding, why haven't you met your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? Like, what a dumb question. What do you mean? You took away my straw. We're having to go and find it now. Like, what? No. It's, this, it's the, the brutality of this world coming against God's people. It doesn't make sense. You just have to be ready for it. Then the Israelite overseers went and appealed to Pharaoh. 
Why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are given no straw, yet we are told, make bricks. Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with you, with your own people. Sorry. Pharaoh said, lazy. That's what you are, lazy. This is why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now, get to work. You will not be given any straw, yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. The Israelite overseers realized that they were in trouble when they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required for you for each day. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. <laughs> may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Moses chose to stand up. The Lord told him, go. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses chose to be obedient. Take Aaron with him as, 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 as the voice. And what happened? Pharaoh turned on the people. All right, now I'm going to make it harder. And now the people are coming to Moses. What have you done? We were happy being slaves. Now you're making it harder for us. Stop standing up for us. Stop trying to get us freedom. We're comfortable here. We like... Never mind. Moses returned to the Lord and said, and please understand this. You, you, some of us need to learn where Moses went right here. Why, Lord? Ask questions. This is okay. This is okay. Why, Lord? Why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people. And you have not rescued your people at all. Why? You know what that tells me? Moses had a relationship with God. Because if, 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 if he just walked up to a random person and was like, why are you doing this? Well, uh, is this why you sent me? What, who are you to talk to me like that? No, he had a relationship with God. God, why? Is this why you sent me here? Explain to me. I'm your servant. Speak to me. I'm listening. Lead me. Guide me. But a lot of us would just be like, oh, you told me to do it. I did it. Now look what's happening. Way to go. Done. No, no, no. He's going back. Lord, why? Help, help me. Help me to see what you see. There's a relationship there. That's why me and Brittany can have hard conversations because we're, we have a relationship. So we can talk to each other and figure out what's going on. Because we have a relationship. We, we communicate on a daily basis. If I didn't communicate with Brittany on a daily basis, our house would probably be a little bit in... But when I communicate, I, I get a relationship. There's, there's an understanding there. So Moses is back. The Lord said to Moses, 
Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Oh, what do you know? He answered. (laughs) Isn't that great? When we pray, the Lord answers. A lot of us just aren't praying. That's why we don't hear him. And the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do with Pharaoh, to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. Ooh, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. So the Israelites are in Egypt groaning. Oh, I don't like this. Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. I guess I'll go eat worms. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'm going. Like, this is what they're doing. And then Moses comes in and says, hey, Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh says, nope. All right, pull away the straw. We're going to make this a little harder for them. And they're like, no. Now, Moses, why'd you stand up for us? We liked the way we were. No, I heard you groaning. The Lord heard you groaning. Remember the song? No, money likes me. You, do you remember that? Or have you already forgotten it because of the pain you're enduring now? Have you already forgotten the groaning of yesterday because today you're a little ticked that somebody stood up for you and now you happen to face new trials and new problems and you thought this whole Christian life, this whole relationship with Jesus was going to be the easiest step of your life? No, 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 no. I'm talking freedom forever. I'm trying to get you to a land filled with milk and honey, but all you're doing is groaning. I'm sticking up for you. I'm trying to get you out of that. And now you want to go back? Some of you are sitting there. You're going to get this by the end. I promise you're going to get it. So Moses goes back to God and says, hey, help me. Uh, Why? Why did you send me here? Israelites are coming to be like, dude, leave us alone. Leave us alone. Stop. You're just making things harder. We're comfortable. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. I love that he reminds them of who he is. (laughs) I am the Lord. Like every time I talk to my kids now, I'm going to be like, I am your father. (laughs) Hey guys, I love you today. I am your father. (laughs) Like it's just a reminding. I am the Lord. I am in charge of it all. And you're coming to me and I'm letting you know I'm the Lord. I've got this whole thing figured out. Beginning, middle, and end. I'm, uh, get ready, because you haven't hit the hard part yet. You're just having to go get your own straw. Get ready for the plagues. 
But notice how, notice how God doesn't always give him every, he's not like, oh, I'm gonna bring this many plagues. No, 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 he doesn't give him the whole window. He just, every step of the way, he's there for him. Ooh, that's good. Wait, what are you saying? I'm saying you're not gonna know the future until you get to the future. But God will give you the steps on how to get there. Every single time. Well, how will I know? He'll speak to you. Well, how do I hear him? Daily encounters. <laughs> not on a Sunday morning, once a week. Nope. You'll be a wanderer. Wandering around, you'll be the straw complaining Israelite. Out gathering your straw. Can't believe he stood up for us. This is ridiculous. I don't even know if I'm going to go back on Sunday. How dare they? I can't. Yeah, because you're frustrated at the work that might get you to freedom because you've lacked daily encounters in hearing the Lord's voice. Did you know that every one of those Israelites had the same access as Moses to go to the Father and say, Lord, what's going on? But they chose to grumble and complain as they gathered their straw. You have the same access as I do. You have the same access to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what is going on? I hear all of these things going on. And, and Lord, the power place is really like, they're really blunt in the way they teach. Lord, and it offends me a lot of times. Can you help me to understand why they do that? Well, yeah, they're teaching my word, son. They're teaching my word. And my word is offensive to those that are going against it. And that's plain as day. Get clarity on your offense. The Israelites are now offended at Moses and Aaron saying, why? I don't understand. Now we're having to work double than what we did because of you. How dare you even think that it's right to try to free us? Moses reported this to the Israelites. But they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. <laughs> like, nope, deleted, canceled. We've canceled you, Moses. We don't have Facebook or Instagram, but consider yourself canceled. We talked to the head of this thing, and you're canceled. We don't, we don't want to listen to you anymore. And that's where a lot of us are in the church. We've, we've become offended. Those that are watching online just to throw a jab. Hey, it's great to me. Watch. I mean, you just add in another view. You're, you're throwing in, you're throwing, you're, you're, you're literally watching this thing just to see it crumble. And God's like, no, 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 I'm going to prosper it. You will have no effect on it. Yeah. Period. Yeah. But the thing for us is, it's not even about this church, it's about your home. How does your home stand? Are you doing in your home what we teach in the house? Because if you're not doing it in your home, you'll never see the benefits that we see in the house. You can have the same thing. You can literally say, we're going to launch a school. And then not do anything with it. I will tell you, it's a lot of work to launch a school. Bill Grandizio has worked overtime. This cat, my father-in-law, Italian mobster, gold chain wrapped, <laughs> lets you know who his mafia friends are in Philadelphia. That cat can get work done. I'm not sure if he had special connections that he called or what, but he got work done. I mean, the things we even ran into with the township. The Lord knows. The Lord's got it all figured out. Uh oh, speed bump. 
How do you get over a speed bump? Slowly. But you'd go. Well, not if you're a lowered Civic, but you can hit it at an angle. You go and you go slowly and you listen to the Father and you slow down and you say, okay, Lord, ah, ah I'm running into something. There, there, there's, I'm running into some, there, there, I'm feeling some chaotic moments coming, Lord. Where do you want me to go? Slow. Calm. Daily encounter. Lord, speak to me. Your servant's listening. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm tuned in. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little worried. There's a, there's a lot of confusion going on. A lot of people are coming to me with questions that I don't have answers for. You don't always have to have the answers. Stop being the person that has all the answers because you honestly don't. It's okay. That's okay. Just rely on the Lord. I love that they didn't put the reply of Moses to the Israelites when they're like, wow, what are you doing? He wasn't like, come on, trust me. No, no, no. The next line was he went to the Lord. I can just picture him sitting there and be like, and then just turning around and walking away and then riding to the Lord. Lord, you see what I'm, you see what I'm facing. Help me. Exodus 7, verse 6. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Notice that. They're still obeying. They're still obeying. Even with the crowd coming against, even with Pharaoh telling them no, they're still obeying. Moses, ooh, I wanted to go here so hard. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. Ho! I did not know that until I started research. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they're out, that old. I'm thinking, you know, mid 40s, 50s, you know, they're right in the prime. They probably bought a convertible, just, you know, doing that old thing. That's what I'm thinking. I did not know that they were 80. Are you kidding me? You should be retirement, chilling, settled, over, relaxing. No, 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 no. God called them and they went. And this goes back to what I was talking about two weeks ago. Never disqualify yourself from pouring. You are a pourer. And in their case, leaders. They're leading. And how dare the Israelites come, you young bunch of punks, run and be like, hey, what did you do to us? They're your elders, man. Look up to them and respect what they're doing. Understand that the wisdom they're coming with is more than the wisdom that you've walked through. Yeah, a lot of young punks rock walking around today. A lot of know-it-alls. A lot of kids that think they got it all figured out. That's a problem. Because in my word, I should never stop learning and I should never stop growing. And the moment that I become prideful enough to be like, don't need it, I'm good. I worry about the feet that I walk on because they will probably fail me. Moses and Aaron did uh, just as the Lord has commanded, had commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials and it became a snake. 
Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers and the Egyptian, magician, the Egyptian magicians, well, I'll say that seven times faster, also did the same things by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff and it became a snake. Half the church just walked away. Well, if they can do it and he can do it. How many of you know that the enemy is actually powerful? <laughs> but the power in you is always trumping his power. But the moment you walk through life like this, thinking the enemy ain't got no power, is the moment he's starting to strangle you to death. That's why I say you gotta be on guard. You have to be on guard, why? Because the devil's sneaky. He's sneaky. And he likes to come in at the most inopportune times and taint and distract and feed and lift up because he likes to work with the mind. But I feel better when I'm not there because when I am there, I just feel offended. So I feel better when I'm not there. I would much rather sleep in on a Sunday morning, maybe tune into an online service and then go hit the bar with my buds. That sounds like my, or take the pontoon out. I love the pontoon. Go do a little, you know, Lake party. I feel more relaxed on a Monday going back to work when I do that rather than going into church because I just feel like so judgy. Everybody's so judgy. You're going to make me collect straw? You stood up for that? Then what happened? Each one threw down his staff and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Pay attention. Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart became hard and he would not listen to them just as the Lord had said. Remember, the power in you is greater than the power that is in them. The devil is a mocker. He likes to mock the things of God. That's why the devil can never shut us down, but he does a dang good job of mocking it. Why? Because he, he's a little menace. He, he, he's an idiot. But he loves to come in and just, and just, just work on the old mind. It's let me, let me, uh, let me, uh, it's like the rumor weed on Veggie Tales. Nasty little booger. What happens? Just keeps on going. And as you feed it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what happens in a lot of our lives. We get distracted a little bit. It's just a little distraction. It just starts out a little bit. That's why we talk about the fence. Put the fence there. It's the fence there for your protection. Don't, don't straddle the fence. Don't put one leg outside of the fence and one leg inside of the fence because that's dangerous. You don't want to live like that because when you live like that, you've got one in sin and one so you get away from the fence and not, not just on this side of the fence so you can put your arm on the fence and have a beer with your bud. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying rest on the fence. I'm saying delete the fence. Get the fence far away. Well, I only cuss when I'm around those friends. That's a problem. You got an arm on the fence. Well, Zay, you're talking about a lot of dumb things today. You're talking about alcohol and cussing and friends. And isn't this for like college age or like high school or like youth group? No, no, 
I see a lot of adults messing up way more than the college year average young adult because they never grew up because they never read their word and understood their word. So they're still living that college life as a 40 and 50 year old person. But instead of playing dumb, they're playing God. So then what happens next? Plague of blood, plague of gnats, plague of flies, plague of livestock, plague of boils. Oh man, plague of boils. Dr. Pimple Popper would have been in heaven. Dude, I could just see her running around like pop, 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 pop. Anyways, that show is disgusting. Oh, I could, I could vomit just sitting, thinking about it. The plague of hail, the plague of locusts, the plague of locusts. It says that the ground was black, covered in locusts. Can you imagine? I hate it when I turn on a light and there's like 20 gnats around a light. I'm like, turn it off. They're coming. <laughs> Can you imagine opening up your door in the morning and seeing locusts everywhere and knowing it's your fault? Pharaoh's like, whoa, 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 yo, yo, you, you got you to go pray and get this gone. And I love it the moment that Moses would go pray, they would leave. It says a wind came in and blew them away. Not one locust remained. Oh, that's powerful. That's good. Plagues come in and take you down. All these things coming in over and over and over again. And you're sitting there, you're like, oh, uh, yeah. Uh. But you got to call on the right source. He knew that Moses held a relationship with God. And so he could call on him to get rid of it. The plague of darkness, plague on the firstborn. Exodus 12. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, up. Leave my people, you and the Israelites, go. Worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as you have said, and go and also bless me. People know when they're around a genuine follower. Pharaoh knew. He's like, how many plagues have come and you've prayed away? I've asked you to pray them away and they've gone. So... Go, leave, take everybody you wanted to take, get out of here, go do your thing, go worship God, do, do, do your thing, do your thing. And also, could you pray for me? <laughs> because, you know, I don't know, I got a lot going on right now, so would you pray for me? When you come into encounter a, a, a person that's been in his presence, you know. So he's like, yeah, I know, I know things have been a little harsh between us. You know, it's like up and down and up and down. I'm like, hey, you can have your people. And then I'm like, no, you can't. I know, I know it's been kind of awkward around here. And every time we see each other, it's like side-eyeing each other. I get it. But could you pray for me? No, like right now, just put your hand on me. Just go for it. I can just, I can just see Pharaoh because he knows. He knows. Oh, Exodus 14, jumping up. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hahirath, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal-Saphon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. 
but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. <laughs> this is the chaos of the world. What? We need masks? Okay. What? Okay. We'll go over here. We'll do this. What? The fourth booster of the vaccine? Sure, great. Okay, we're here. We're doing this. We're, we're, we're all over the place. Okay, what? We can't have bags in Delaware? Great, no bags. It's fine. Where's like, hey, did you pick up the latest groceries? Yeah, I got them. They're great. We're good, babe. We're good. You, got the, you get the car? Babe, can you unlock it? We're fine. It's, it's, we don't need bags. Greater America. Watching the single lady check out in front of me with toothpaste and toothbrush and all this soap stuff, and she's like, trying to get it to the car, the family behind her, family of five, the mom, it's pouring down rain. The mom's like, just tuck underneath your shirt, kids. They're all taking all the, the stuff out of the cart and shoving it out of their shirt. They're like, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. <laughs> Whose idea was it to take away bags? <laughs> we're going to go for it. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. Just do it. Follow along because what they said, it's right. It's got to be gotta be. They, they, they know what they're talking about. It's, it's for us. It's protection. I mean, my mom always did say growing up, if you put a plastic bag over your head, you might die. So, I mean, maybe they had a point. I don't know. I'm not sure. When the king of Egypt was told that they, the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? Hmm. You know what's crazy is the Lord hardened his heart. Because it was a setup. Because you see, what I said earlier, God knows the beginning, the middle, and the end. And he's working everything out for good. He allowed it. So that in the end, he could wipe them out. It says that 600 chariots went after them. Like it wasn't just a small army. Like they went in. So the Israelites are going now. The sea spread, dust clouds in front. Now it moves to the back, mass chaos, confusion. And then God just closes it in and kills them. Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. <laughs> so he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers all over, over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites. There it is. He did it for a purpose. Who were marching out boldly. 
the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea uh, near Pi-Hahirath, opposite Belzephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Let us stay in our comfort zone. I know we were servants. I know we had to work. I know we were being beat. But leave us. Please. We like it here. We're comfortable here. We don't want to move. We don't want to change. We don't want to do that. It's too hard. Everything you do and say makes it harder. I don't want to lift my hands. I don't want to worship hard. I don't want to enter in. I'm tired. I worked all week. I have a family. In the Alex Torres sense of 12. I have a family of 12. <laughs> Support you, Alex. But you need to be praying for Alex. I can't do it anymore. I don't want to. I got here, didn't I? Psalms 100. I read this in Dream Team. A psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Well, that's offensive because I planned on coming in here and sitting and receiving. Obedience is the key to life. Uh-oh. Trigger warning. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Oh, that's so hard for me. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So if I'm going to be obedient, when I enter into those doors, into his presence, I have to praise. Mm -hmm. Well, say, why do you always go here? Because I feel like we can step it up and I will push this until my dying day. You are not where you're supposed to be. You are going to where you should be. And so you have to grow. We have to grow. Yes, there's moments where, where, where you need to be in, in, in his presence, in a, in a quiet place saying, Lord, I'm not here. This is the place we get out. We praise. We're entering his presence. We're entering his presence. So we praise. It's uncomfortable for me. I don't care. We're beyond that. We're beyond your comfort level. It's not comfortable for me to go to, to go to any store and have to carry my groceries out without a bag. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're beyond your comfort level. We're beyond your comfort level. I, 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 hate, I hate going into our world now and seeing the mass chaos of confusion. I hate it. It doesn't matter. It's beyond my comfort level. It doesn't matter. Enter it. You've got to go. What, are you going to stop buying stuff? What, are you going to stop living? No, you've got to do it. Well, there's ways around it. No, you've got to do it. What, are we going to stop talking to people to invite them to church to get the word out about God? No, it's not in my comfort zone. I don't care. We've got to get out of ourself and out of our comfort zones. Oh, but I'm worried about the outcome. Yeah, <laughs> you should be. It's heaven or hell. Yeah, you should be. You should be terrified to be away from his presence. You should be terrified. You shouldn't be here in comfort zone land. You should be terrified to be away from his presence. I don't say it to scare you. I say it to ready you. You've got to be ready. It is the difference between heaven and hell. And the last time I read, people are going to hell. It's not some fantasy that, that the pastors made up to scare people into heaven. This is real Bible talk. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And hell is not somewhere you want to end up. And if you're going there out of a party mentality, I'm going to go there and live it up with my buddies. I'm telling you, you are headed into straight tragedy. I literally just talked about this with my kids this week, talking about what it looks like in hell. Now, you know, I have an 11-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 4-year-old. Now, my 4-year-old was like, you know, and we talk about it all the time, but she was just like blown away. She's like, what? I'm like, yes. Hear me! Hear me! Understand, this is not a game. Go back to what Pastor Zane said. He said, we're ready, set, we're in a set position, go. It's a process. But we've been getting ready for a long time now. We're done. We're past the ready position. We're set up to go. Well, now the gun's fired. It's go time. We as a church have to rise up and go. We have to pursue things we've never pursued before. We have to go places we've never been before. We have to see things we've never seen before. We need to start, we need to start going after things that have never made sense. Verse 13 of chapter 14. Moses answered to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Isn't it amazing when you have someone in your corner that knows the voice of God, that hears the voice of God, can always deliver a message of peace? Hmm. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will, you will never see again. I'm sorry, but that's a lot of confidence. That's a lot of confidence in the voice of God. See those people? You're never going to see them again. God's going to wipe them out. But he knew. He knew. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Ooh, a lot of us need to learn this. We think you got to put your dukes up and pull out Rocky Three. I'm telling you, you don't have to. You don't ever have to have that position of, I'm ready to drop you. That's not, God says, stand firm. Okay. Know who you are. 
Done. I'll fight for you now. So wait, how do we fight in your daily encounter? But there's no blood. And I mean, I, I, you're not like that at school. No, no, no. You fight in your daily encounter. And when you fight in your daily encounter, you have things happen. Moses knew. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through and, and the sea on dry ground. Go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. Understand, he's hardening their hearts for a purpose. He's hardening their hearts for a purpose. He's saying, I'm going to harden their hearts so that they chase after you so that I can wipe them out. Ooh. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. The angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. Ooh. I'm going to guard on the backside. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them. Y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. So neither went near the other all night long. He's setting it up. Oh. The Mos then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. That's what he does. He jammed the wheels of, the chari of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. They knew. Even in their pursuit of taking them out, they knew. Moses was leading the charge. The Israelites were busy grumbling. One leader, I think at that point they were following just out of total like, I don't even know what to do. I'm not a real leader of my home, so I might as well just follow you. You're going somewhere. Moses leading the charge, Israelites following, Pharaoh and his men. Move on to chapter 16, verse 2. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. <laughs> Worship him, you can come. In the desert, after taking out the Egyptians, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. For what? What are you grumbling about? You just saw the hand of God wipe them out. 
Now what are you grumbling about? Oh, man. The Israelites said to them, if only we have, had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, they are still living there. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Now, oh man, take us back, rewind, grumbling, complaining about where they were. God delivers them to freedom. They grumble and complain on the trip, on the journey. God wipes out the Egyptians. Now they're beyond the, the, the sea. Now they're on the other side in the desert. And now they're grumbling and remembering and putting in false information saying, man, when we were there, we had meat and food to eat. And it was great. And we loved it. And I loved the company. And I loved... Before I came to church, I was a lot happier. I remember before I got saved, it was a lot easier. I think I'm just going to go back to my old ways. I'm kind of sick and tired of everybody telling me what, everywhere you guys lead, it just gets harder. This, this thing gets harder. I remember when they gave us pots of meat and we could just all sit around and eat and it was great. They started tainting and twisting and placing things from where they came from because they wanted to go back to a comfort zone where they felt safe when in reality it was nothing but torture. Zay, you keep, you know, you guys keep talking about uh, this new era we've entered and all this stuff. Ah, I'm too tired for that. I'm too tired. Does it, does it involve like building projects and stuff like that? I don't know. I'm too tired. Does it involve me giving any more time than I've given on a Sunday morning? Because I'm too tired for that. Does it involve me praying more because I struggle with praying as it is and I don't know if I can do that. Like does this new era for the church mean I have to have a new era or can I just come and enjoy the new era of the church? Because I'm really comfortable back here. Like, I mean, I like the old. Like, can't we go back to the firehouse down in Kennett where we just rented every week and we set up and tore down? I liked that. It was comfortable. I liked the janitor, Ron. He was a nice guy. Like, that's what, I liked that. We all got name tags, and it was, it was fun. Remember that? When we, I could just walk up and say, hey, Julie, nice to see you, because I could read the name. Can't we have name tags again? I mean, I like that. That was nice. Remember that? Remember when it was small, and we didn't have, you know, it was only 50, 60 of us, and we knew everybody? I liked that. I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. I don't like sitting next to people. You know, in growth uh, statistics, after you're 80% full in your sanctuary, people will stop coming because it's too close. When I read in the Bible, 
about, they went to, as far as to cut a hole in the ceiling to lower their friend in because there were so many people in the house. The fire marshal didn't care. They didn't have people writing emails. Did you see how packed that church is? Probably a breeding ground for COVID. Okay. That's a hot spot. Yeah, you're right. Hot with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, you, you true. But back in the day, it wasn't about that. It was, he's there. I've got to get you there. And when you get there and the doors are packed, you can't even get in. It's like, how do we enter to see him? Because I've got someone that's in need of that power, and I'm going to do anything possible to get there. So I will go as far as climbing up on top, cutting a hole in the roof to get you there. It doesn't matter about my comfort zone. It matters about your healing. And this is where we are. This is where we are. We've entered comfort zones. Oh, we can only be 80% full because if we're any more than that. I mean, we've actually had that talk. Well, are we at 80% full yet? I don't care. We're going to pack this place out. I don't want two services. We need a bigger sanctuary. We're going to pack this place out. Well, I don't like big church. Well, how many people do you want to save? You want to be comfortable with 49? It doesn't make sense. The more that hear about him, the better. See, my prayer is that on a Sunday morning, these altars are not accessible because too many people are worshiping up front. That's, that's my prayer. My prayer is that your comfort zone of having to be in a secluded certain chair because you all have your chair picked out, and that's my chair. Nobody take my chair. This is my spot. It's funny because you get offended by the Bible when you walk in and you see someone took your chair. You're like, that offends me. <laughs> Which tells me you're definitely not lining up with the Bible. Anyways, there, there's, things, there's things that bother us as people. What if we came in like Psalms 100 said? I come into your presence to praise. I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to praise. All I care about is praising. I care about nothing else. Nobody else. Nobody else is in the room. Cut a hole in the roof. We got to get to him. We have to get to him. We have to get to him. It's not about me. It's about his presence. I've got to get in his presence. So whatever I have to do to get there, that's where I'm going. So say, are you saying after all of that that this new era is for me? Yes. And if you don't step into it, you will be left behind. Well, what does that mean? Are you actually going to leave me? No, 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 no. But you're going to feel out of it. You're going to feel disconnected. And I will give you a warning. Let me pastor you for a second. When you start to feel disconnected, it will be the moment that you start to plan your exit strategy. You will. Somewhere else will look better. That'll feel better. That'll look better. Those people are nicer. They accept me for what I'm doing. They preach the Bible in a lot less offensive way. Are they preaching the whole Bible? But people don't care anymore. It's about comfort. I just want to be comfortable. I want to come to church. I mean, it's 1145. You've had me here since 930. My appointment at Applebee's, I just had to move it. what do you want? Do you want to grow? 
Do we want to go to a new level? Do we want to get out of us? Or do we want to be like the Israelites that were in it, grumbling and complaining because, oh, I just want this and I want that and I want this and I want that. And then someone comes and says, we can get that. Let them go. I'm not saying it's going to get easier. Gosh, the moment we said start a school, everything got harder. Everything. It, it, was, it, was, it was hard. A lot of hours. But is it going to be worth it? Yeah. 22 kids, 13 families. That's the start. I can't wait for five years to look back at the start. Say, do you remember when we had 22 kids that chose to believe in something that never existed? It's a lot of faith. Gosh, I don't know if I would trust me that much. I mean, real. It's a lot of faith. Guess what? They're going to encounter his presence daily. Kids, sixth grade to kindergarten, are going to encounter his presence daily. Daily! They're going to come into alignment with him, with teachers that say there's no junior Holy Spirit. Meaning, they're going to get the same Holy Spirit we offer you on a Sunday morning. Your kids will start to get ingrained in them a strength that looks at the world and says, are you kidding me? You can't define what a woman is? I'll tell you what a woman is. A woman is someone that has reproductive organs that lets childbirth happen in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, our kids... It's not going to be something. Uh, I was talking to Roman, and he was like, Dad, are you kidding me? That's so weird. I'm like, I know, but it's the world, and the world is confused. I never thought I'd be talking to my seven-year-old. Ever. I never thought I'd have to talk to my seven-year-old. But don't worry, your kids are going to be in safe hands. We're going to teach them and train them Bible. And education will be taught well. But it'll be rooted in Bible. Stand with me. Thanks for checking out the PowerPlace audio podcast. If you want more resources for your walk with the Lord, you can visit us online at www.thepowerplace.org. You can check us out on YouTube and Facebook at the Power Place Church if you want to watch the service online. And if you want to give, you can text any amount to 84321 or visit the church website.